If I could just, said daughter, a woman with a 12-year-old sickness. Daughter paused on the central question of what she would have to do to be well. She made a series of proposals, but it seemed none of them would work out. If I could just ask him to touch me, but he might not want to touch someone like me. If I could just ask him to say a word of healing over me, but he might not even give me a hearing to someone like me. If I could just touch his hands, but I'd have to get close and his entourage will surely keep me away. If I could just touch his garment, but to get that close, I'd have to be stronger and more favored than all the worthy people there. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, that's it. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. A little hope stirred in her and steeled her for the severe test of her newfound faith. If she could just touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. We're going to hear that story right after this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry. I'm your host. You're listening to the God's Word for Life Companion Podcast. Hope you're having a great day and a great week. Today's episode stems from a lesson that was dated October 30th, 2022, entitled, Your Faith Has Made You Whole. And our text comes from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 34, where Jesus said unto her, Daughter. Boy, that had to feel good to be called a daughter again. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. This woman is the only woman in the Gospels Jesus called daughter. She was afflicted with a chronic flow of blood from a woman's womb. It made life outside of a home almost impossible for women in any culture, but especially hard for Jewish women. For the woman, a discharge of blood from the womb over the course of many days meant she was unclean for as long as the discharge continued. And while she was unclean, she was considered a potential threat to the sanctity of the tabernacle of the temple. Therefore, she had to remain at home, and anybody who lived with her or even touched where she sat could be considered unclean. But there were prescribed cures for her disease. If she was willing to pay for them, she could try them. Each doctor responded about the same way. Hmm, I know exactly what to do for you. The Talmud has listed over 15 potential cures for your disease. So surely, out of the 15-plus potential cures, one of them would be just what the doctor ordered. Here are a few cures the Talmud recommended. Number one, take of gum Alexandria, of alum, and of crocus hortensis, the weight of a zuzi each. Good luck figuring out what a zuzi is. Let them be bruised together and given in wine to the woman that hath an issue of blood. But if this fail, try the second prescribed cure. Take of Persian onions nine logs, boil them in wine, and give it for her to drink, and say, Arise from thy flux. But should this fail, set her in a place where two ways meet, and let her hold a cup of wine in her hand. Wine seems to be the recurring theme here. And let somebody come behind her and affright her, and say, Arise from thy flux. But should this do no good, take a handful of cumin, and a handful of crocus, and a handful of fenugreek. 
Let these be boiled and given her to drink, and say, Arise from thy flux. But should this fail, dig seven trenches and burn them, in them some cuttings of vines, not yet four years old, and let her take in her hand a cup of wine. (laughs) There it is again. And let her be led from the trench, and sit down over that, and let her be removed from that, and sit down over another. And in each removal say unto her, Arise from thy flux. And on, and on, and on. If none of those worked, there were at least ten other remedies that could be prescribed for this one condition, probably all dealing with wine. But of course, that would be ten more doctor's visits and ten more doctor's bills. After her last doctor's visit, she reached into her purse only to realize she had just enough for this cure and no more. But sadly, she was no better. In fact, she was getting worse. It's easy to feel hopeless when all the cures and prescriptions we try do not work. We're still sick. We're still addicted. We're still bankrupt. But we do not have to feel hopeless. We can have faith. Our faith is not grounded in what we can do, but in what God can do. Jesus proved all throughout the Gospels, and namely here in the Gospel of Mark, that he is greater than nature, greater than the devils, greater than disease. He's even greater than death. So here's a question as we get started. When you feel hopeless or overwhelmed, what do you do? Sometimes people find themselves canceled by society as if they're a potential plague needing to be isolated from society. And what was supposed to be a secular age, we have awakened to find ourselves involved in kind of a religious movement administering prescriptions not too far removed from those from 3,000 years ago. Daughter was considered a danger to the community because she would communicate her dangerous uncleanness to anybody she touched. But in faith, she boldly left her isolation and she determined within herself to touch Jesus. Daughter's faith led her to a proper understanding of Jesus. She didn't need to be strong or favored. She didn't need to say just the right words or catch him when he was alone. She didn't need to successfully move him to pity with a display of her suffering. She didn't have a magic formula. All she had was faith, and it was enough. Her faith gave her insight to the power of Jesus others did not have. She only needed to touch the merest fringes of Jesus' garment. She understood she could be healed even if Jesus had not intended to heal her. Jesus did not even have to know he was healing her in order to heal her. What faith! That day, daughter was not the only one in need of a miracle. Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, was desperate. His precious 12-year-old daughter lay at death's door back at his home. And if Jesus did not hurry, the girl may not make it. Although Jesus was busy walking toward Jairus' house to work a miracle, daughter still came to the crowd because she knew Jesus was her only hope for healing. And Mark's gospel intertwines these two episodes together so we can compare them. Jesus was on his way to attend to an important official's daughter. Any delay could mean the death of the daughter. So we must imagine Jairus was walking fast, as any father would, on high alert against anything or anyone who might delay them. But suddenly, a lowly, anonymous woman, unclean because of her condition, had the audacity to break through a crowd of important people and touch Jesus. Without any training, without a single Bible study, Daughter's understanding of Jesus dwarfed that of the scholars of Israel, including Jairus, because that's what faith can do. Faith is the greatest teacher, opening up vistas of knowledge in an instant. Why do we sometimes feel like God is too busy to heal us or help us? The Apostle Paul said we're justified by faith. That's Romans 5 verse 1 and then several other places. The Greek term, 
under the English verb justified could also, if English will allow, be translated righteous. We are righteous by faith. Faith in God makes us righteous. Faith puts a halt to all the corrupting influences of doubt, the doubt that leads our hearts astray, the questioning of God's faithful care for us, the questioning of God's boundaries, the questioning of God's truthful word. Faith aligns our hearts with God's heart and gives us a glimpse of God's perspective. Touching the hem of his garment or bringing him physically to our house will not automatically affect the same wondrous outcome. Jesus was not moved by formulas. He was moved by faith. He's moved by the same for us. Don't seek special formulas as if there's some sacred incantation. Just seek Jesus with faith, knowing he knows how to heal us. He knows how to help us. Have you ever caught yourself trying to find a formula to cause God to work in your life? Or do you simply put faith in his knowledge, in his wisdom? A dozen years of weakening health had sapped her strength and her cash. If she could somehow get to Jesus, there was a chance he would show compassion and she would be healed. So with the memory of 12 long, hard years behind her and nothing to lose in front of her, she ventured into the mob. The Bible does not spell it out for us, but many believe she crawled through the crowd. As she expected, they kicked her. They stepped on her. They stomped on her. They, they did not want her there, but she just kept pressing through the crowd. She kept saying to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. After a short time or a long time, we don't know, she finally reached Jesus. She saw the tassels hanging from Jesus' robe, and with all the faith and strength she could muster, she reached out and touched the hem of his garment, and suddenly everything changed. What was wrong was made right, and she felt strength like she had not felt in 12 years. She knew instantly she was healed. She'd doubtless go to the doctor for a checkup. She already knew what the doctor would discover. She was healed. But she wasn't the only one who felt the power of Jesus. As soon as she touched Jesus, he stopped walking and asked, Whoa, wait a minute, who touched my clothes? The disciples were confused. They lived in a state of confusion. Jairus was probably anxious. Come on, Jesus, we gotta go. The crowd just stopped abruptly, bumped into each other like a pileup on the interstate, and Jesus' followers pointed out the obvious. Lord, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? Really? But this touch was different. This person didn't just rub shoulders with him or accidentally bump into him when he stopped. She came to the parade fully intending to leave differently than she came, and she did. It would have been tempting for her to hide. As far as the rest of the town knew, she was still unclean and unfit to be in public. They knew about her sickness. She wasn't permitted to touch anyone, especially a holy man. How dare she make him unclean? And she confessed, Master, it was me. She didn't know what to expect from Jesus. She just knew she came to Jesus sick and she was leaving healed. Daughter told him everything. She told him how she had been sick for 12 years. During those dozen years, she tried one doctor after another, one prescription after another, but she only got sicker and weaker. But she heard of Jesus. She heard he was compassionate and powerful. And if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. And that is exactly what happened. Now, if you were daughter, how do you think Jairus or the disciples might have acted toward you? How do you think Jesus might have acted toward you? Jesus called her daughter. Probably been a long time since she'd been called anything that kind, that humane. And he said, thy faith hath made thee whole. 
And we know Jesus made her whole, but Jesus worked through her faith to make her whole. Jesus draws our attention to her faith as if to say this kind of faith purifies us. This kind of faith guides us in the end, justifies us. Perhaps you feel hopeless because of what you've been going through. Even if you've battled for 12 years or longer, this story is a testament to the power of God to work through our unrelenting faith. We may not know exactly how God will respond when we ask, but we know he knows and he will always do what is right. So let us take our need to Jesus and see him work for us like he worked for daughter and for Jairus' daughter. In case you don't know the rest of that story, Jairus' daughter died while they were on the way to the house. But when Jesus arrived, he spoke to her, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And she did. Even death bows its grisly knee to the word of Jesus. Praise God. We wrap this up. A great physicist studied his whole life. He spent long hours in the lab toiling for the merest hints of truth hidden in the mysteries of formulas. He was an atheist in a field dominated by unbelief. He achieved awards, prizes, recognition for groundbreaking genius in his field. But as he came toward the end of his life, he found himself strangely tempted to faith in God. In hindsight, he said he had studied for so long and with such intensity only to find what fragments of truth he had discovered near the end of his life people of faith in God had discovered when they were children. After hours of climbing the tallest mountains of science, one rock at a time, one cliff at a time, one summit after another, he finally reached the top of the mountain of truth only to find Moses, Jeremiah, and Paul playing a game of checkers and laughing at one of those jokes on the top of the mountain. How had they gotten to that summit? Thousands of hours of hovering over a microscope or behind a telescope? No. They had left their... In an instant, they had leapt there by faith. Last question. What is the balance between faith and works? And how do we make sure we wait on God while reaching out to him in faith? Now we're going to pray. We're going to pray for Jesus to help us have faith in him for our need and for Jesus to give us the courage to reach out to him in faith. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this great testimony, this great story, this miracle you worked for this woman whom you called daughter. Thank you for everything we've learned from that story. Help us, God, to have faith. Help us to trust you, that you are able and willing to meet our needs. And help us also, Jesus, help us to be courageous, to take all of our needs to you in faith, to believe not only are you able, but you are willing, and that we will be courageous enough to bring all of that to you in faith. We trust you will always do what is right. You always do what is right. I pray for your blessing, your help, your strength today. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Thanks, God's Word for Life listeners. Be sure to click subscribe and share. That way you don't have to miss an episode and none of your friends or family or even enemies have to miss an episode of God's Word for Life. This will be the last week we're taking our poll. Want to know if you prefer God's Word for Life as a preview, if it should air before the week that it's due for the lesson or the small group, or if you prefer it as a recap, that it airs afterwards and helps you to continue to grow in your faith after the lesson and not spoil the surprise for the Sunday or the small group. Let me know on Facebook. You can find us at Facebook at God's Word for Life, or you can let me know directly. I'm LJ Harry. You can find me at lj.harry, or you can email me at lharry at upci.org. 
Head on over to PentecostalPublishing.com. We've got some great resources there to help you with your study, to help you with your devotional walk, Bibles, Bible studies, books, music, inspirational, great resources that will help you to grow closer to Jesus. Next week, we launch into a brand new series called Choosing Wisdom, and our first episode in that series is called Wisdom's Worth. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week and always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.